0: Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Well, hello and welcome to Talk About Talk. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. I had the most amazing conversation with a young, very bright, and accomplished tech entrepreneur about how we can use technology to practice and improve our communication skills. Let me back up. Practicing and improving our communication skills is really what this podcast is all about. Whether you're an ambitious executive looking to catapult your career by improving your communication skills, or maybe you simply have a strong growth mindset, or perhaps both, well, you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like articulating our personal brand, communicating with confidence, and networking. All of these things take practice. That is exactly why we're here. In addition to this podcast, you can access the many Talk About Talk resources that are available on the talkabouttalk.com website. There's online corporate training, one on one coaching with me, the free weekly communication skills newsletter, and of course, the archive of this bi weekly podcast. You can choose whatever works for you. Okay, welcome to Talk About Talk episode number 73. As I said, we're focusing on practicing. And this is the second of three back-to-back episodes focused on helping us practice our communication skills. In each of these three episodes, you're going to meet an amazing guest. In case you haven't heard it yet, in the most recent episode, number 72, I interviewed my friend, Dr. Nadine Kelly, host of the Yogi MD podcast. She's the ideal person to talk to about practicing. She's a retired medical doctor, a yoga instructor, a podcaster, and a drummer, amongst other things. So, she practiced medicine, she practices yoga, she practices her craft of podcasting, and of course, she practices her drumming skills. So, Nadine thinks a lot about practicing, and she shares with us some of her wise insights about what it means to practice. In this episode, number 73 you're about to meet an amazing tech entrepreneur named Robson Bowdry, who's gonna share some of his incredible ideas about how technology can be used to practice our communication skills. And in the third and final episode of this mini series on practicing, you're gonna meet a new friend of mine named Anne Muelltaller. Anne is what I call a Swiss Renaissance woman. She's a luxury branding consultant, a meditation and mindfulness instructor, and a podcaster. And she's going to give us some helpful tips on mindful communication, hopefully helping us to avoid autopilot and encouraging us to communicate with intention. All right, let's get into this. I'm going to introduce Robson to you now, and then we're going to get right into the interview. And then I'm going to summarize at the end. So you don't need to take notes because I did all that for you. Just keep doing whatever you're doing driving or walking or housework or whatever, I'm going to simplify and summarize everything for you at the end, and you can always access the episode show notes on the TalkAboutTalk.com website. Okay, I met Robson Bowdry a few months ago when we were both at an online Harvard Alumni Global Networking event. Yeah, I've been going out of my way to do a little bit of this lately. Anyway, during this online event, we were put into subgroups, and one by one, we introduced ourselves and made small talk. Well, when it was Robson's turn and I heard what he was up to, I connected with him immediately on LinkedIn. He told our group about how his most recent tech project is focused on employing VR, or virtual reality, to help people improve their interpersonal skills. Wait, what? I stopped dead in my tracks. A few days after this online networking event, I invited Robson to be a guest on Talk About Talk. And I have to tell you, I am so glad that I did. So whether you're a VR expert or not, and by the way, I'm definitely not, I promise you're going to learn a lot from this conversation and you're going to leave feeling inspired. Robson Bowdry is an entrepreneur, an innovator, and a specialist in the fields of virtual reality and learning science. After working in China's dynamic education technology industry for several years, Robson completed his master's degree at Harvard, researching how emerging technologies like VR, AR, and AI will transform the way we learn and collaborate in the years ahead. He's been named a top writer on the topic of virtual reality by Medium.com and one of the top 30 under 30 working in education technology by the Learning Technologies Conference in London. But wait, there's more! In 2020, Robson pivoted. He used his entrepreneurial skill set to found a company called Sergio, helping equip medical laboratories with the digital technology to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. After working with labs across Europe and Asia, Sergio has been recently acquired. And Robson has now returned to thinking about how to push learning technology forward following the transformations of the pandemic. Thank you, Robson, for joining us here to talk about how we can use technology to practice our communication skills.
1: Oh, thank you, Andrea. It's great to be here.
0: All right, before we get into the main topic, can you please share with us some background about your project that you just finished up?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Sergio was a venture I co-founded with a friend of mine. Essentially, when the pandemic struck, there were a lot of things going on. Uh, I was involved with the contact tracing initiative at MIT, and he got in contact with me and really said, Look, I'm talking to this company that works with a lot of medical laboratories and they're having a real difficulty with some of the digital transformations they suddenly need to make. Uh, So Sergio was really a chance for us to come in and start to help these labs, which are absolutely key in the the COVID testing process, do things around test booking, test verification, really important things for them. Uh, We've been doing that for the last year Uh, We were just recently uh, acquired, so it's been a great chance for me to not only continue to develop some of these entrepreneurial skills that I've been working on for a while, but also kind of make an impact within uh, the pandemic. Wow. I just have to start by saying three things. Thank you for
0: doing whatever you could do to basically help us combat this pandemic Secondly, congratulations Thank on you. the acquisition of Sergio. And thirdly, I have to say, as a communication expert, it is not lost on me how much crafting it must have taken for you to articulate what you were doing with this complicated technology to explain it to someone like me in layman terms.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean,. Yeah. Kind of any entrepreneurial activity or anything when you're doing something new, I think so much of what you do is just crafting that message over and over and over again. You're just constantly explaining it to people, whether that's your parents or its investors, its potential new employees, uh, its clients. You really have to find the exact words to use that make it really understandable in a few sentences. And uh, certainly, it wasn't something that happened immediately.
0: Well, I have to be honest, Robson. Just hearing you say that, it makes my heart sing. Because, and I'm also thinking in my mind of all the other contexts where that is also true. Right? It's not just high tech and VR and AI, but it's even how we describe ourselves when we're introducing ourselves. It's it's you know positioning a brand or a company. It's all of the above. So uh, we're going to get more into watching our words and crafting our words in a minute, but let's shift then to the fact that you're now back to your plan A, your your original plan for what you were going to be pursuing after you graduated. And can you tell us a little bit about the
1: technology that you're creating? Yeah. So one of the big things I did during my master's degree was research around how we can use some of these up and coming technologies, VR, AR, AI, to really impact the way that we learn. And so one of the sub-areas that I was really interested in was this area of what we might call interpersonal skills. And so how can we help people practice these skills, develop these skills, and really become better in a very consistent and scalable way? Part of that was a venture I founded while at Harvard called Collab Reality. And so that was all about using VR as a way to practice a lot of these skills with other employees, with managers, things like that. And so this is kind of, as I'm finishing up this one chapter, it's kind of an area I'm coming back to. And yeah, so let me say, it's a really interesting time to be jumping back in. Uh, The pandemic has changed so much about how we think about education, how we think about learning in the workplace, how we think about doing that remotely or in person. Do you think that your potential future customers, and and I guess in the
0: more short term, your investors are more open to these ideas because of COVID and, and the impact it's had on all of us working at home and working online?
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. And I think, you know, the way I like to phrase it is the pandemic didn't cause like immediate change, but it's accelerated a lot of these longer term trends. And so it's, may not, it's not necessarily the case that these institutions and these companies were immediately like, let's change everything, but now they're really thinking about it. And so that's, that's been driving a lot of change all over. Um, whether that's in a specific technology like VR or it's in uh, just general digitalization trends.
0: So as you're starting to describe to us this technology that you're developing, I feel like there's kind of three things that we need to get our head around. So one of them is VR. So Mm -hmm. if you could share with us a definition of that, but then just to to give you a little uh, taste of where I'd I'd love to head. Also, just talking about learning in that envi- in that high technology environment right mm-hmm. and then the third thing is why interpersonal skills but let's take a step back and let's just start with vr can you remind us or for some of us introduce us yeah. to the
1: concept of vr absolutely so vr virtual reality the way i would define it is it's a complete immersion within a digital environment so as opposed to ar which is about projecting digital models into a real world context vr is complete immersion okay um we might even break that down further into uh, what's called three dos and six dos so uh three dos is you move your head around the environment tracks with you you can look around this digital environment uh six dos is kind of the next level of technology it's becoming more common. And so that, in fact, tracks y- you as you move around. So if you think you can walk across the room, you will walk through that digital environment. Uh, so you're mobile. Down, crouch through. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Okay. Very cool. So how does learning
0: intersect then with
1: VR? Yeah. There's a professor in Stanford called Jeremy Balenson who put it in a way I like. He calls virtual reality is all about the experience on demand. So if we Ooh. think about the internet as providing information on demand, virtual reality can really provide experience with that same consistency and that same scalability. Okay. Um, now thinking about what is that really useful for, I mean, that's that's one of the, the prime things that I was interested in. And so if you think about certain skills where experience is just absolutely crucial, and you know this brings us back to interpersonal skills, it's not necessarily an information problem, but it's often a problem of practice.
0: Absolutely. Again, music to my ears. So is that the main reason that you decided to focus on that? You were looking for a subject area where you believe, and maybe based on research, that practice really can elevate the learning experience beyond, I
1: guess, just reading about it or just hearing about it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination, right? I was... Definitely interested in that side. And it was also a matter of what I was seeing would be the most important skills for the future. And this was talking to academics. This was talking to top uh, learning executives at BCG or McKinsey, other firms. They're all saying the same thing, right? Like, what skills do you think people are going to need the most? And again, and again, it'd be interpersonal skills. It's collaboration. It's uh, perspective taking, empathy, all of these things. This
0: reminds me of a conversation that I had with Professor Avi Goldfarb, who's um, on the marketing faculty at Rotman at the University of Toronto. And we were talking about how so many people are really afraid of technology because they, they just go to the point that the technology is going to be replacing humans. And he said, no, because there's all of these skills that humans have, the relationship building, the collaboration, and all these things that you were just mentioning that are uniquely human. Right. Mm-hmm. And where it's more difficult and maybe even impossible for a machine to adopt those skills. And yet you're saying that the machine, the virtual reality can help us improve
1: those skills. Ah, Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. this is I have an incredible respect for this kind of aspect of human communication. Like it is so remarkable how complex it is mm-hmm. and it is. what happens on a micro level when we talk to another human being.
0: You know what I like to say is we're we're all communicating all the time, sometimes
1: purposefully, but mostly not. That's my line. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's it. And so it's it's really a matter of it's not necessarily we can on this ultra granular level just change someone, but it's a matter of can we set up experiences. That allow people to reflect, allow people to see things that they maybe didn't before, and really start to move those communication skills forward. It's a very difficult thing to do. Is there a difference
0: between interpersonal skills and communication skills?
1: Yeah, um, I think so. I think so. When you get into the weeds of these definitions, and like I said, because it's so complex and we're trying to use our logical brain to understand like the larger part of who we are, which is this intuitive side of us. And, you know, this is exactly the type of thing academics like to fight over. But for my own personal definition, I mean, interpersonal skills is the larger umbrella. Communication skills are really what happens exactly in that moment when we're communicating with another human being. Interpersonal skills are kind of like these larger, habits and frames of mind that encompass it kind of in in the wider view so i'm
0: just trying to think of something that would qualify as an interpersonal skill that would not necessarily qualify directly as a communication skill and i'm thinking things like relationship classifications yeah that kind of thing
1: yeah okay absolutely
0: can you give us an example of how or maybe take us through a story a vignette of how this might work interacting Mm -hmm. with with your vr technology
1: Yeah, so I'll give one example of a simulation we created. And so we were really interested in perspective taking. Very important with the diversity of people in the workplace today, very important with the different teams and how they need to work together. So we created a simulation, one person within VR, one person out. And so these two people are seeing completely different things. Each one has a piece of information and they need to solve this puzzle. And so It's so interesting, the type of things that come out from this. Yes. And I I, I won't go too deep into it, but, you know, the realizations that come afterwards ended up being the most interesting part. Uh I uh, had two people in it once, kind of uh, people who had worked closely together before, and they came out and one of the people said to the other one, wow, I just realized, like, I was telling you everything I was seeing, and I never once asked you what you were seeing. Mm, empathy. Wow. Right. So it's a pretty powerful realization that, you know, you're you're probably not going to get by just saying, you know, perspective taking is important.
0: When you were describing that, you said when these participants are in it, can you share with us what does that mean? Like physically, what does in it mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, in terms of the VR technology, in it means you are looking around and you are seeing this digital environment around you. you with can, a headset? You have a headset on? With a on. headset on. Okay. You have, uh, in this case, you had two controllers, so you could pick things up. You could you know, walk towards the table, walk away from it, look around, pick things up, look over. And so it adds such a layer of difficulty. <laughs> you know, you, you can do a lot with role-playing exercises, but there's always yeah. this realization, like, it's not real. Like, yeah. your brain really thinks it's real when you're in VR.
0: Wow. Wow. That's just amazing. And so, and so just to clarify, it is not cartoon. This is live action.
1: This is a world that you've created. Yeah. So there's actually two types. Um, So there's what you might call like live action. Like you said, people have a 360 camera, they record that and then you can go through that. That's not my preference, just because it's actually not interactive. Mm-hmm. So you can look around and see in this 360 environment, but you can't actually walk up to something, you can't pick anything up, because it's just a recording. Right. So in the experiences that I created, it's 3D rendered, so you can think of like a video game, or like you said, an animation. Okay. So it is animated. That it can be in a way that's more photorealistic or not. Yep. As, but, uh, as video yeah. games can, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Very cool. And, and so there would be another, I don't, I don't want to call it player, but another participant mm-hmm. in the virtual reality world with you.
1: Yeah. So some of the, uh, one of the simulations we created, both people are in headsets, they're in the same environment. This particular one I described, one person is outside, they're just sitting in a chair and just looking at a piece of paper where their clues are. And the other person is within the virtual environment. What What are the clues? So these two people, we tell each of them, you're going to solve something which requires you to collaborate. And that's all the information we give. Okay. One person goes in the headset, they find themselves in this digital environment. There's trees, there's a little fire, there's a table, and with a little placard that says, work with your partner to solve this puzzle. And what they see is a bunch of little squares with symbols. They don't correspond to anything in real life, but there's symbols there and then they have to put that symbol into a 2 by 3 grid. But they don't know how, and they don't know why, and they don't know how these relate to them. Okay. Meanwhile, the person outside of VR is sitting there. They're given a piece of paper that also has some symbols, and they're in the form of equations. Okay. Now, the trick is to realize that person with the piece of paper, their equations are going to tell the other person how to put the symbols on this 2 by 3 grid. Wow. So, uh, but it's amazing how challenging that is because we haven't told them anything beforehand. They really have to communicate with each other about what they're seeing and make that connection and that jump and also try and communicate what these symbols are because they don't correspond to anything in uh, the real world. So it's an incredibly challenging exercise and one that requires a huge degree of perspective taking of communication, of empathy uh, in order to successfully complete. So I was just trying to imagine myself in that
0: situation, and the first thing that came to my mind was we would all be tempted to describe what it is that we see, what it is that we personally are experiencing, but Mm -hmm. what might be more helpful to actually advance in the collaboration would be to ask questions. And that goes back to your point where you said when they take the headsets off, they have this epiphany like, wow, wow. I was telling you and I should have been asking you, right? Absolutely. You hit it right on the
1: head. And it's so easy when we're in, you know, whatever the situation we're in, to only think about what's in that situation and just try and like force someone else to see what we're seeing rather than trying to make the step of understanding.
0: Well, you know, there's this default in communication that people really think about projecting instead of listening and interpreting. Mm -hmm. So that is absolutely brilliant. Are there any other sort of epiphanies that commonly are um, articulated
1: by your participants in these exercises? I'll share one other interesting thing that came out. You could really see differences when we had people who are of different ages or from different cultural backgrounds. Mm. And so particularly, they had to describe these symbols. What someone might see as a metro symbol, because it looks kind of like the subway sign from the city where they're from, the other person might see as the Mario symbol. So it's like making those jumps are much more difficult. When I had two people who were in their 50s who were both scientists, they could actually really go back and forth very efficiently. When I spread that out, someone from Turkey in their 20s and someone from India in their 60s trying to communicate. The, the difficulty ramps up. And so it really shows, too, like, yeah, it's challenging to work with, you know, diverse teammates. Um, it requires that extra level of empathy, that extra level of uh, perspective taking to make it work.
0: That is, that's a fantastic insight as well. So it's understanding the other person's context and then shifting your lens and your communication style so that it fits with the other person, so that it's meaningful with the other person, right? So that you can build mm-hmm. on each other's perspectives and ideas. And and it might go back to what we were talking about at the very beginning when you were describing the other technology that you were working on. Sometimes when our perspectives or contexts or lenses are so different from the other person, we just have to go down to basics,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: To layman's terms. Yeah. Right, yeah. Interesting. that's exactly it. So I guess... Fundamental to your technology is sort of a core belief that by practicing your skill over the longer term
1: will change and be improved. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely the way I think about learning in general is it's kind of where information, community and application meet. And so you really need that application part to to learn anything. And, and, And practice looks different in different contexts. So, you know, if you're trying to learn a foreign language, you need to learn the vocabulary. And that's actually like a pretty linear thing. It's just about exposure and you can kind of efficiently just go through that. But what you see with a lot of people who have learned in a classroom, when they get into a conversation, suddenly it doesn't work. So there needs to be that wider exposure as well. You need to have conversations with people to get better at having conversations. Mm -hmm. So... You know, there has to be a combination of different parts of practice and there needs to be, I guess there needs to be experience. There needs to be practice that is similar to how you're going to apply it in the real world.
0: I I agree 100 percent. And then I would add also an opportunity to reflect on what you did right, what you could do better, and then the discipline to take that reflection and use it next time. It's yeah. really, really tough, but it's, it's worth it, right? Obviously, you wouldn't be doing this, and I wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> <That's>
1: <laughs> no, what we, would, what we would call meta-learning in the learning science, so, so important. Right. Um, and, and, you know, comes back to really taking responsibility for your learning, for getting better. We share that, uh, that perspective, and,
0: that, and I appreciate that so much. So what, what's the status in terms of the short-term and then your
1: long-term vision for this technology? You know, it's a great chance. Look at this technology, look at this experience and kind of see how does this fit in with the post-pandemic environment? And so I think for me right now, finding a way to contribute to uh, some of the enterprises and initiatives that are really making a big difference in the post-pandemic environment. I think it's exposed a lot of the issues, the cracks in the system that were already there. Mm-hmm. So I think a big part for me right now, and we're kind of wrapping up this acquisition, so it's, it's a chance for me to look where can I contribute my skill set, my abilities, my knowledge to really help with the overall picture. Because long term, you know, the way I envision the future is really one in which this ability to learn, this ability to practice is very accessible, very effective. Ultimately, it's, it's just so important if we, we think about anything in terms of equity, that that piece needs to be there. And I think technology is going to play a really big part in it. It's huge. It's huge. I I applaud you.
0: I encourage you. I celebrate you. I think your ideas are fantastic. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do, Robson. Is there anything else, before we move on to the five rapid fire questions, is there anything else you want to add about practicing specifically uh, in this context of interpersonal skills and VR technology?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... Practicing is interesting in the sense that sometimes it's just about shaping the path in a way. It's about thinking about your day-to-day life and how that can be integrated in what you do on a daily basis. Hmm. And so it might be something as simple as I'm going to make that extra bit of effort to go to this networking event. I'm going to make this extra bit of effort to connect with some people in my network and really try and listen and be very purposeful about that. And I think, you know, as much as I love to talk about technology and I love to talk about what it can bring, ultimately, it's just another tool. And so, you know, the way we learn and we practice, it, it always comes back to this human level of what we bring in our day-to-day life. It sounds like your perspective is fundamentally
0: grounded in a growth mindset, right? Absolutely. You're n- not just your technology that you're developing, but your whole persona,
1: Mm, yeah (laughs) thank you yeah Yeah. it's uh i think it's 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 an absolutely crucial thing and you know both personally and 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 in my line of work so
0: i love that you you recognize that as a compliment it definitely is a compliment okay are you ready for the five rapid fire questions absolutely Okay, question number one.
1: What are your pet peeves? Oh, I think like one that I have right now is um, people who throw their masks on the ground. I'm just seeing all this garbage (laughs) on the streets.
0: You're right, they're tossing them. That's not cool, that's not cool. Question number two. What type of learner are you? Auditory, visual, kinesthetic? This is a really interesting
1: question for somebody who's working in VR. Certain of my professors when I was studying in the space really considered it this debunked theory, but it is like widely believed. But I mean, I, I definitely think there's certain ways I prefer to communicate depending on the context. You know, if I'm getting just sets of facts, I absolutely just want to see those written or in a chart or something like that, very visual. As opposed, communi-
0: to, as opposed to listening
1: to them in a podcast or, you know, in an audiobook, for example. Right, right. Yeah. So if, if I'm doing something really fact-based, but if I'm just... If it's a little fuzzier, if I'm getting to know a person or just getting to know an idea, I, I tend to prefer an audio format. I tend to find that human warmth comes through a lot more clearly in an audio format, if that makes sense. Question number three. Yeah. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Yeah, I'm definitely an introvert and it's kind of funny. You know, going through you know my, my graduate degree, people tend to think of me as very extroverted. But I think the, the thing that really gives it away for me, if I come back from a night of networking, a night of meeting strangers, even a phone call with someone I don't know, I, I feel really tired. Like it's, mm. it's a big energy expenditure for me to constantly be introducing myself and meeting new people.
0: So you and I met during an online networking event and yeah. afterwards I was on fire. I was like running around <laughs> my house and I had a big <laughs> smile on my face and you were like, oh, it's time for a nap.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It's funny. But you know, something like this, I find this much more energizing. It's one-on-one, you know, we're, we're talking about something I find really interesting and really compelling.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good self-awareness. Um, yeah. Question number four. Do you have a communication preference for your personal
1: conversations? Yeah, I'm glad you asked this because I feel quite strongly about it. For me, I'm on like the tail end of that time before cell phones became prevalent. So as a kid, you know, I was still in that environment where you call your friend's house, you awkwardly ask their mom if they're home and like, (laughs) you know, you figure it out. And so I still have an idea of just like when you want to talk to someone, you just call them. So for my close friends, I mean, I always tell them always open, like if you want to talk, don't bother sending a text message, just call me. Mm. Um, I much prefer to, to talk over the phone, I find it, um, yeah, just that much more human and meaningful. Ideas are exchanged in a much more interesting way, like it's it's just more more intuitive, more open to possibility, I find.
0: More organic.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay, last rapid fire question. Is there a podcast, a blog, or an email newsletter that you find yourself recommending the most lately?
1: hmm i think so there's two i'm gonna put out there the first is a podcast that i've been enjoying it's from the harvard business school it's called after hours yeah it's just three professors and they're just talking and it's just very interesting like you're uh a- is that the one with young me moon she's yeah. one
0: of them. yeah yeah i used yeah. to work with her actually oh she's, really she's phenomenal
1: yeah I, yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. she's an award-winning teacher she's fantastic in the classroom i can only imagine yeah, yeah. The yeah. podcast is excellent. And the second, I mean, it's not a podcast or a newsletter, but uh, a book I'm reading right now, fairly well known, I guess, like Thinking Fast and Slow uh, by Daniel Kahneman. But uh, it's right there your It's shelf. right behind it's just, me. Yeah, I'm pointing at my bookshelf. It's <laughs> right behind me. But just so great in terms of, again, on this topic of communication, on this topic of how we think. Just, yeah, that was a phenomenal book.
0: Yeah, it, it really, I guess, illuminates biases, right, that we have. Mm-hmm. And the this- I guess scary and kind of sad thing is is the research shows that even when we become aware of these biases, apparently we still revert to falling victim to them yeah to put it to put it in simple terms but you know I I choose to be a little bit more optimistic about our opportunity to learn, like if we truly understand a phenomenon, we just, to the whole point of this interview, if we just practice, right, and we're Mm -hmm. self-aware, we put ourselves in the situation, we experience it, then we can hopefully overcome some of those biases that are not helping us.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of interesting work uh, with companies through virtual reality right now on on, uh, combating bias. And uh, definitely, I'm sure, that's one of the big uh, use cases being used right now for the technology. Yeah, that's great news. Thank you so
0: much, Robson, for sharing with us your thoughts about how to use technology to practice our communication skills. I learned a lot, I learned a lot, and I'm feeling inspired about the future. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. I really, really enjoyed this conversation.
0: Well, I have to say that until I had this conversation with Robson, I truly believed that the absolute best way to learn to improve your communication skills was to record yourself and then listen and or watch yourself and learn. Yowza, that whole theory is now blown away, thanks to Robson. So what I'm gonna do is summarize this episode with three main themes for us to consider. First, there's the significance of communication skills. Second, there's technology, as in AR, VR, and AI. And third, some insights on practicing and learning. So first, the significance of communication skills. At the very beginning of our conversation, Robson talked about how he had to clearly communicate his Sergio startup to partners, employees, and investors. This example highlights so clearly how communication skills are not just our day-to-day interactions, not just articulating our personal brand, but also articulating and communicating what our firm is or our product brand. Communication is an omnipresent, incredibly important skill. And to that point, Robson chose communication skills, or interpersonal skills, as he says, as the topic for his VR and learning focus. But why? Well, as Robson says, the top learning executives at BCG, McKinsey, and the other firms, they're all saying that these are the skills that people are going to need the most. Interpersonal skills, collaboration, Perspective, Empathy, Communication. And I want to remind you of the two key communication insights that Robson and his team have witnessed people learning. First, there's the epiphany, as he calls it, where people realize, wow, I was telling you and I should have been asking you. In other words, our default is to talk, to share, to project. More effective communication and collaboration happens when we ask questions and listen Hmm, listening. That is exactly what we've been talking about as the number one communication superpower. The second main point is the increased challenge in communication and collaboration when the two parties are different from each other. So Robson gave the example of two 50-year-old scientists who could collaborate quite effectively and quite easily. But when someone from Turkey in their 20s and someone from India in their 60s try to communicate, the difficulty ramps up. And that's exactly, by the way, when listening and asking questions becomes even more important. Okay, the second theme, technology. Robson defines VR, or virtual reality, as a complete immersion in a digital environment. On the other hand, AR, or augmented reality, is about projecting digital models into a real-world context. So while AR, or augmented reality, is about projecting digital models into a real-world context, VR is complete immersion. Got it. Okay, that's understandable. For me, it really helps to think about video games. But then Robson went a little further. He talked about 3DOF and 6DOF. Did you catch that? I actually had to ask him about that later. For the record, DOF stands for degrees of freedom. So 3DOFs, or 3 degrees of freedom, is you moving your head around in an environment that tracks with you, So you can look around in the digital environment, whereas six DOFs or six degrees of freedom is the next level of this technology. It's slowly becoming more common, but this is where you can move around and you can actually interact. You can pick things up. This is true immersion. Very cool. I loved what Robson said about how virtual reality is really about experience on demand. So if you think about it, the internet is information on demand, right? But virtual reality can really provide experience with that same consistency and that same scalability. And that's where things like practicing can come in. Absolutely brilliant. Okay, on to the third and last theme, practicing and learning. So you could practice your communication and collaboration skills or your interpersonal skills, as Robson calls them, by role-playing, right? But then even the best actors know that role playing is just acting. On the other hand, when you practice with VR, it's as close to the real thing as you can get. Your experience increases and your skills improve. Robson noted that his participants had learning epiphanies. Remember what I said? Two of the main communication skills learnings that Robson shared were about first, asking questions and listening, and secondly, about the significance of acknowledging differences between the people who are trying to communicate or collaborate. Regarding these epiphanies or these aha learning moments, I was thinking that there's a fundamental belief associated with Robson's technology that by practicing our skills over the longer term, we're going to improve. In learning science, they talk about meta-learning, thinking about the learning experience at a higher level, reflecting about the learning, and that's where the huge insights and improvements can happen, and that's something that we should all take into consideration. Now... I leave you with this one last thought from Robson. He said, and I quote, the way I envision the future is really one in which this ability to learn, this ability to practice is very accessible, very effective. Ultimately, it's just so important for us to think in terms of equity. That piece needs to be there. And I think technology is gonna play a really big part in that. Absolutely. That's it. Thanks again to Robson for educating and inspiring us. You can find Robson's coordinates, his recommendations, this summary, and even the transcript all in the show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website. While you're there, I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter if you're not already. This is your chance to get free communication skills coaching from me every week in a simple to digest email. I promise no spam and no more than once per week. Just go to talkabouttalk.com to sign up or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. You can email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. Thanks for listening and talk soon.